I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wine funding is not a crowdfunding platform. Wine funding has a crowdfunding platform. Four years after the first deal, we invested another 500,000 euros this time. And recently, we bought a vineyard for another 500,000 euros for him. So a company that was not supported by any banks, he had no guarantee from family or anything, thanks to investors passionate about wine, he started his company. Now the banks are actually knocking at the door. Oh, please, can we finance you? When the Huguenots were fleeing religious persecution in France 300 and some years ago, the Berg China was one of the ships that took some of them from Rotterdam to refuge in South Africa. Aboard that ship were three peers of note for today's story, Pierre Jourdan, Pierre Joubert and Pierre Grange. Pierre Jourdan bought Haute Cabriere and Pierre Joubert bought Le Motte. Even today, these are two of South Africa's most storied wine estates, both with stunning views and award-winning produce. Pierre Grange, well, unfortunately, he did not buy a wine estate to leave to me his great-grandson at least eight times over. That said, I may not have missed my chance to be a wine farm owner. Because in today's episode, I'm talking wine funding and how peer-to-peer credit extensions can now make me a wine farm part owner, or at least a wine project sponsor, repaid in the wine that my money helps make possible. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Maxime de Beur, welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers. You're a winemaker turned consultant turned entrepreneur with several wine-related businesses up and running. And most particularly for us today, you're the CEO of Wine Funding. So I think it's pretty clear what the theme of today is going to be. But before we get into what you're doing now, your background also includes some names that people in the financial services world like me would have heard of, plus an MBA at INSEAD. So a bit more of a familiar background than people would at first have thought. And thank you, Brandon, for having me on the show. I graduated with a Master of Science in um, Agricultural Sciences. I specialized in viticulture, and also I have a double degree in enology. I really enjoyed it. I've worked for five years as a winemaker. We can call it a flying winemaker because I started in Australia, and then I went to uh, California and to Chile, and I, I spent a few years in South Africa where I met my wife, so it was a good reason <laughs> to stay a few years. And when I was in South Africa, I met an entrepreneur who wanted to develop a wine project, and he hired me as a consultant. So I was 23 years old, <laughs> but I, I, I really wanted to, to work on the business and financial uh, aspect, and this is why Instead of doing a PhD, which I wanted to do, I thought, okay, I'd rather maybe go for an MBA. And as you mentioned, I went to um, INSEAD, where I spent a fantastic year. And uh, after that, I followed uh, quite a 
classic uh, career, I went to strategy consulting. Uh, and I think it was great experience. I spent three years there. I learned a lot. and I'm still using every day the skills that I've learned. But I missed my wine. I thought that making wine is more fun than making slides. <laughs> yeah. So I went uh, back to, to the wine industry. I was lucky enough to find a fantastic experience where I had to turn around a distressed business based in Bordeaux. It was really the 101 for MBA and with everything I learned. So I turned around this, this uh, small business and then the shareholders were quite happy about the, the work. So they also gave me two other businesses that were not performing. The first business I turned around was the wine merchant, buying wine from producers, bottling it and selling it around the world. And the two other businesses were very different. They were wine estates, producing grape, making wine from the grape, and then selling it. I spent three years there. I, I really loved it. I really worked uh, like an entrepreneur. As a wine merchant, I was buying lots of wine. I was selling 5 million bottles from producers who understood had difficulties finding financing for their project. The banks were not always following them. They had to wait uh, many years to pay back their loan before they could take another one. The wine industry around the world, actually, is very often undercapitalized. Many of them need equity. So I noticed on the one side of my experience, the wine estates need alternative financing from the bank. And on the other side, I met lots of people who were passionate about wine. And they always told me, ah, oh, you're a winemaker. Can you organize a wine tasting? And I was always doing it with pleasure. And then when we started talking about wine, they were telling me, oh, I've got so much wine in my cellar. I'm buying wine every year, more than I could ever drink in my whole life. So I need to stop buying wine. But I, I want to invest in the wine industry, in the wine business. I want to come closer to what uh, it is to, to make wine. Do you have any opportunities? I can invest a, a small amount of money. It was many people telling me that it's not uh, necessarily uh, people who have uh, 10 million to buy a wine estate. It's wine lovers who would like to take part in the adventure of wine. And um, they want to invest uh, maybe 5,000, 10,000 euros. You can't buy a wine estate for... 10,000 or even 100,000 euros, you can't buy a wine estate, but you can buy shares in a wine estate. So I thought there was something to do to match these wine lovers with money to invest. And on the other side, the wine estates were needing financing, alternative financing from the bank. So this is where the idea of wine funding came. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because yeah, part of the enjoyment of wine is that idea of wine and wine farming and, and the all the other things that go with it other than just you know the wine in the bottle. And so I can see that appeal of people saying, well, we want to get more involved. We want to be participating in, in the wine. Coming from South Africa and growing up near the wine areas, where well, you'd go for a drive through the wine areas, you'd do some tastings and see some harvestings in a little farm or a little estate, and you suddenly feel a lot more connected to that bottle. But I think there's probably also a downside there that when we think of wine as people on the consuming side, we have this very romantic idea of what it means to make wine. And we have a picture in our head of you know, a little old farmer often in the hillside somewhere making wine. And, you know, looking at your background, of course, I knew it must be happening, but you forget all about that side of the industry. So when we're actually thinking of wine production, how much of it is business knowledge? How much does a good wine estate owner, a good winemaker, 
need to know about business these days? Is it a like a core part uh, of what they're doing day to day? Yeah, I think it, it depends on the size of the business. We start from a small business, but of course, on a big business, there's a CEO, a CFO, like in normal companies. But even a small wine estate is a business. I would say it's quite a challenge for a wine estate owner, let's say, because he has to have many different skills. He must be a farmer because he needs to grow vines, all the diseases, the problem of frost, the problems of hail. There are many, many problems when you are trying to grow a grape. And this is just the first step. When you have the grape, then you must make sure you are able to turn it into a proper and decent wine. So that's a second skill is winemaking. And then when you have a good wine, it needs to be sold. So you must be also a salesman. There are not many agricultural businesses where there's such a strong link between the ground where the plant is growing and the consumer when he has the product in his plate or in his glass, in the case of wine. If you buy strawberries, you don't always know where it's coming from. Uh, it can be processed maybe in a yogurt, but then you lose track. It's not that many products that have always had this link as strong uh, down the value chain. Yeah, and sort of bringing it back to wine funding and the sort of undersupply of capital. I think that, as I said, we've got this lovely idea in our heads of what it means to, to produce wine. And we might have a favorite bottle from a little estate somewhere that we feel like it's our inside secrets or like a family recipe. And we love the idea of a small estate doing something a little bit different, going back to some traditional methods or being organic. I've seen some spiral grape planting and all sorts on your projects without sort of preempting too much. But, you know, we love that idea as consumers. But then we don't think about what does that mean for raising the capital. So you saw this gap and you know, you think, okay, well, that's a different lifestyle. As you said, you need 10 million spare euros to, to get into the game. But for 10,000 or even for far less, as we'll, we'll discuss, you're presenting me as a wine lover with this opportunity to uh, participate production and in that lifestyle. So what is wine funding? You said the first equity crowdfunding platform dedicated to wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To provide alternative financing to wine estates and to connect them with wine lovers who are willing to invest. This was the initial idea because they were always relying on bank debt. When the typical winemaker wants to buy a wine estate in France or in Europe, at least, when they buy a wine estate, they take a loan for 30 years and they spend 30 years paying back the loan. And if they have another project, well, it's not always possible because the budget and the business plan has been designed to pay back the loan and not more. Sometimes they can develop and they can raise more debt, but uh, if they are entrepreneurs willing to grow a bit faster than only with debt, well, it's quite difficult to get um, additional funding. And this is why uh, I started wine funding with the equity crowdfunding model. You become a shareholder of the wine estate. There's a shareholder agreement. Everything is digitalized on the internet, and you can do it very easily on the crowdfunding platform with a small amount invested from 1,000 euro. You can become a shareholder. And then we always organize the exit. It's good for both parties because the wine estate owner, he knows that he will buy back the shares from you at a certain time, in most cases, five to seven years. And as an investor, you want also to get your money back at some point. And if both parties want to continue the shareholding scheme, they can. 
And then we have the club deal model, which is also equity, where each investor will bring a much larger amount, minimum 200,000 up to 1 million per investor. So with three, four investors, we can raise 2 million euros. We form a club to make a deal, an equity deal. It's very similar to crowdfunding. It's just small crowd, big funding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, but it's, it's exactly the same model. Uh, we put together, we, we, we structure the deal and, and, and we make it happen. It's just that if we have to raise 2 million or 5 million with only small investors at 10,000 euros each, it will be hundreds of investors. So it can become a problematic. During COVID, during lockdown, nobody was allowed to drive more than 100 kilometers. So we couldn't go to the wine estates. We did a live testing and uh, we, we talk about the, the business, what they want to do, how they want to use the money, uh, what is the impact for the investor. We talk about all the, th the topics about investment. And it's a meeting that can take one hour, one hour and a half. And we interrupt this um, boring <laughs> part of the business by tasting the wines produced by the, the, the wine estate. And we've done a club deal, 1 million euros during uh, the first uh, part of hard lockdown. Uh, and we had to we send the wine and we tasted the wine from a distance. We talked about the investment. It can also work because we are digital, where we connect the wine investors, the wine lovers with the wine estate. I started to do it actually when I started wine funding in 2016. It was too early, I think. Zoom didn't exist. We had five people showing up. <laughs> so it was a failure and we stopped. And when uh, COVID happened, everybody, uh, even 70 years old people could use uh, Zoom. So we started to do live testing, but we were, I think, the first in the world to do uh, live testing. Now everybody does it, but uh, in 2016, I'm not sure many people were doing it. <laughs> then the second model that I developed, Instead of equity, it's debt. It's a wine bond where you invest, for example, 5,000 euros. You get 1,000 euros paid back every year over five years. So after five years, you've recouped your initial investment of 5,000 euros. And each year, you receive interest in wine. Your interests are paid in wine. And to my knowledge, we are the only one to do it in the world. Because it's not that easy from a legal, fiscal, and regulatory perspective to structure it, but it's a proper financial security. It's a bond, a proper bond. We are registered with the financial regulatory authority in France at this stage. And later this year, we will become uh, also certified in Europe trade. Many of our investors are already coming from outside France. People use some of these terms more as being descriptive, and you think, okay, wine bond, and it's going to repay me in wine, I think you'll probably get away with doing that without actually registering and making it official. But this is actually a legitimate financial instrument. This is not just a term that's been used in marketing. You've genuinely built a regulated bond, which I think is uh, very impressive. And also, it's a, a proper lending product, which I think eases the mind of, of investors when they, they look at these various projects. Exactly. And this is very important to reassure investment. And our business is based on trust a lot. So from the beginning, I, I wanted to make it registered. It's a significant amount of money. Even 1,000 euros, it's, it's still 1,000 euros. We do the due diligence on, on the company. We, we structure the deal that it's fair for both parties, attractive for the investor, but it's not too costly for the wine uh, estate. We try to find the right balance. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. And then there's another model which is uh, lighter. I call it the wine payback. Instead of investing 5000 euro, you would just finance for example 500 euro and you will receive over three years 200 euros worth of wine so you get 600 euros of wine and you've only paid 500 for it but every year you receive the new vintage you you, you start to create a connection with the wine estate and when you share the wine with your friends it's completely different because you have a story to tell like you've seen uh, some of the project you mentioned with the vineyard planted in a spiral form and there's always lots of fascinating story you can tell the way wine is produced the way wine is enjoyed evolving in time so it's fascinating and creating a connection between the wine estate and the wine lover is something that both parties want to do the wine lovers want to get into the intimacy of creating wine and the winemakers they're starting to realize that it's important to connect with a consumer south africa for as an example you mentioned has always been uh, very good at, at connecting with the consumer when you see how well they receive you on the wine estate it's fantastic touristic experience to visit the wine estate much better wine uh, tourism than in france and they connect with consumer yeah it's been a big part of the, the south african wine industry but that same sense of community is obviously really important for the idea of crowdfunding and you've developed the story but i see it's even more hands on than that you had a a wine funders uh, event recently in, in in Bordeaux and I was watching the video from that you know you again people are sitting at the farm sorting grapes tasting the juices mixing their own blends you're really physically linking them to those projects and those stories as well this is a real community not just a kind of a gathering of funds when they have invested through wine funding we call them wine funders when the wine funders share the wine of the wine estate that they've invested in they are the most sincere and genuine ambassadors you can dream of as a wine estate because they 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 part of the, the adventure and they they share the, with their friends they can say this is my wine in a way even if they only own 0.5% they can say it's my wine and that's what they they like i think you you connect with the wine estate and you remember it you when you drink a bottle of the wine it tastes different because you have in your memories all the good time you spent on the wine estate with your friend with the people receiving you and 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 this connection is very precious we go one step further with wine funding we create an even stronger bond and this is what uh, i think both parties find attractive in this model yeah and let's stay in that sort of area for a moment because obviously the other side of the lending is is the borrowing 
as you say, you're funding a range of projects. So starting, I think, in France, but now I've seen projects you know, around the world, but also spanning from things like funds to construct new facilities, to people experimenting with new varietals, to you know, adopting and sort of changing their processes to be organic or, or greener. So something for everyone that includes in terms of the financial spectrum from do you have a spare million euros lying around or do you have 600 euros that you would like to lend? And I'll be coming across to France later this year for the Rugby World Cup. And I went to just look on the map to see you know, in the areas that I'm visiting, are there any projects? Uh, I saw Domaine Boudon. There's obviously many projects going on, but yeah, 600 euros today, four bottles of wine per year for the next four years, and then a balloon payment uh, at the end, which includes if my translations are right there, but it includes the wine made with the grapes that you, you help to plant. So it really does you know, create that full circle, that big story. Now, it's probably for you a little bit like choosing who's your favorite children, but are there any projects of yours that you really think are great examples of the work that the money has done that was lent or invested by wine funders? <laughs> exactly. But like you said, it's like uh, choosing between your kids, which one you prefer. <laughs> I love them all. I, I drink their wine uh, regularly. But one that I find quite interesting it was actually the first project we financed on wine funding with um, 30 uh, different investors for someone who had worked for 10 years for good wine estates and he wanted to start his own winemaking uh, company. He had no funds. He didn't come from a wealthy family. He didn't own any vines. He couldn't buy anything. So we helped him to kickstart his business with 100,000 euros of equity. So he was very good at uh, selecting the grape, making the wine. He's very talented. He's learning uh, how to sell it for the third part of the job that I mentioned earlier. So I helped him a bit. I put him in touch with an importer in the US and he started to sell his wine. He was selling 20,000 bottles per year. Then he started to be too tight in his garage because he started to make wine in his, in his garage. He said, yeah, I need a proper cellar where I can make more wine. And he, I found this house. It's a beautiful stone house. It's got a beautiful cellar where I can make wine, you know, stone vault cellar where I can put my barrels. But there's a house next to it and they're selling everything or nothing. I don't need the house. What can I do with it? I said, no problem. You know what? We buy the whole thing. And in the house, you will make uh, Airbnb to receive wine tourists. I think four years after the first uh, deal, uh, we invested another 500,000 euros this time. And recently, we bought a vineyard for another 500,000 euros for him. So a company that was not supported by any banks, they refused to finance him because he has no fund. He had no guarantee from family or anything. Thanks to investors passionate about wine. He started his company. Now the banks are actually knocking at the door. Oh, please, can we finance you? <laughs> this is a, a great satisfaction to see that uh, we have managed collectively. Huh? It's not only wine funding, it's also all the investors that have trusted us, that have trusted the winemaker. And to see the company flourishing is a great, great satisfaction, I would say. But there are many other examples we can mention. Over the past six years, we have received 900 applications for financing from uh, mostly uh, wine estates or wine producers, wine merchant, but also producers of, uh, for example, barrels or corks, uh, distributors, startup. We finance the whole value chain of, of the wine uh, industry. We've only selected 45. So 45 is, is quite 
significant, but it's not much. It's 5% over what we've received. The criteria we've used to select only 5% are the following. The first one is the wine quality and the wine profile. We want to make sure that our investors are happy to taste the wine from the state they have invested in. I would not accept if wine further calls me and said, yeah, I received the wine. It's not that great. I could not do that. The second criteria is more classic in the, in the investment uh, world. It's the due diligence. We check if the company is financially sound, if the project makes sense for the company, if it's creating value, safe for the investor. They are not going to be locked for life. All the not so glamorous things in the world of wine we have to do that. It's very important because it's a fun investment. Okay, it's a pleasure investment, a passion investment, but it doesn't need to be irrational uh, and dangerous or risky. And the third criteria is the sustainability approach uh, in the, the way the company operates and the way uh, the, the project is managed for us. It's very important. It's always been one of my conviction. And I think it's what's also interesting for the, for the investors. Many people probably listening to your, your podcast are investing in ETF, in all kinds of financial products. It's always a financial product. It doesn't really taste anything. And with, with, with wine investment, you, you can give sense to your investment. You invest in something that makes sense. You know which business you are helping. And I'm glad you brought that up because obviously we're one, we're a lending podcast and many people in lending of conservative in their risk-taking and want to know the controls. But also because I think if we talk crowdfunding, the first brand that pops up in people's mind is Kickstarter. And Kickstarter's got a lot of projects that are very suspicious. Some percentage, some large percentage are never going to get off the ground. For whatever reason, they're not going to launch. Whereas this is not the case. You've been very selective. Very often, I, I say that wine funding is not a, a crowdfunding platform. Wine funding has a crowdfunding platform. And it's very different. We are more a corporate finance boutique with different tools. The club deal, it's a, it's a different tool. We could do club deal without the crowdfunding platform. Crowdfunding platform is the tip of the iceberg. This is the one you can see. But uh, the larger amount of money, much larger amount of money, are invested in club deals. And the third tool that we will develop in the near future is uh, NFTs, because it's another alternative way to finance wine estates. So I think wine funding is definitely a corporate finance boutique dedicated to the wine industry. And we have different tools, crowdfunding platform, club deals, and soon to come blockchain. Our expertise relies not in blockchain or in crowdfunding. Uh, our expertise relies on selecting the right project, structuring the right deal for the investors, then following for a few years, like a private equity fund does, and we follow them for a few years and we make sure the exit happens as planned. What I love to do is to see the company that we've invested in, see them grow. And this is what I'm, I'm very excited about. Yeah, I love that. I think it is a very clear and important distinction. And Maxime, obviously, French wine or wine in general really travels all the way around the world. One of the things I was impressed with looking at the uh, completed projects on wine funding is the number of international investors are there. So this is not a, a platform for French money. This is a, a platform for anybody who loves the industry. So you've got people from around the world that are in your wine funders. Exactly. Yeah, because the web is open. So anyone can come, 
browse the, the project. You can invest from anywhere in the world. The company we, we were mentioning had 30 investors initially. Now we have 60 investors. There are 14 nationalities in these 60 investors. <laughs> and when we did um, the event that you, that you saw the video, there were uh, investors from Greece, uh, Spain, Denmark, uh, from Brazil, <laughs> Belgium, from different nationalities. Yes, 14 nationalities. Yeah, so that means obviously that anyone listening today is potentially a wine funder. So if they are interested in getting involved or, or learning more and seeing what you've done already, where's the best place for people to go to follow the, the wine funding story? I think the best is to connect the website where you see the different projects, browse through them. You can contact us via email. We, we always try to answer as quickly as possible. That's winefunding.com is the, the main page. Yeah, and I think the number of funded projects on there is also really interesting because obviously in a, a crowd type business, it can be hard to get everyone at the same place at the same time, but clearly it's something you're doing very well. You can check with our YouTube channel where we have about 100 videos on interviews of wine funded businesses. I mean, I think it really reflects that amount of vetting that you've done. There's really detailed, great descriptions of the projects, even for people just interested. And please feel free to contact us, info at winefunding.com. Some projects are properly translated in, in English. We haven't had time to translate all of them in English. So sometimes I encourage you to just use the automatic translator from the browser. It works better and better every day. It's not as good as when we've done it ourselves. But um, if, if it's not clear, or if your trans automatic translator doesn't work, please feel free to contact us to ask more detail. Maxime, before I let you go completely, I saw in the list of funded projects one, uh, in particular, uh, Wine Hub, which uh, is one of your other businesses as well. Ah, that's funny. And the timing is actually perfect because I just moved recently to the part of the, of the uh, building that is finished and we will open the Wine Hub uh, next Wednesday. Wine Hub is uh, my little latest baby, actually. It's a co-working and event space dedicated to the wine industry. I had this idea, so I, I had to present my project to wine funding to get it financed. And uh, then I went to the bank to complement the equity. To my knowledge, it's the first in the world. We will have some wine merchants, web agencies specializing in making uh, websites for wine industries, or mostly communication agencies who are doing social media for wine producers. We will have a wine consultant, some wine startups who are going to invent new ways to uh, monitor the vineyard or to uh, taste the wine. Of course, at, in this co-working space, there will be a wine bar and uh, all the wines that will be available in the wine bar will be uh, funded on wine funding. <laughs> and we're looking forward to um, the opening uh, next week. Yeah, well, I wish you the best of luck with that. And of course, with wine funding and all the, the projects you, you're bringing to life there. I will be uh, in Bordeaux in September. So maybe we'll come knock on the door uh, and see if anybody's home. Please do. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll let you taste uh, some of the wines of the producers. Thank you so much, Maxime, for your time. It's been really interesting. As I said, like, I've always uh, enjoyed wine and growing up near a wine area, I had a vague idea of what's going on, but never thought about the financial side and uh, looked at those projects. And yeah, from Chile to France, lots of projects that are of interest to me and I'm sure anyone listening as well. And then to hear about you know wine startups and wine businesses growing off the top of that. Uh, it's exciting time. So yeah, thank you for educating me. Thank you very much, Bernard, for having me. Thank you for the questions. Feel free, uh, anyone who is listening, to 
contact us for more information, whether you want to invest or whether you have a project that you want to be financed. We have the, the address uh, info at uh, winefunding.com. You can also contact me via my LinkedIn profile, no problem. And that's been great. Thank you, Brendan. And thank you all for listening. Please do look for and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform and share the updates widely on LinkedIn, where lending nerds are found in our largest concentration. Plus, send me a connection request while you're there. This show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange, in Brighton, England. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find show notes and written transcripts at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show. And I'll see you again next Thursday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.